Welcome to the most energetic, positive, happy, and healthy podcast in the world. Living the dream. Dream stands for diet, rest, exercise, attitude, and meaning. I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go! Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. I am beyond excited for the man that is sitting next to me, but not really next to me. Noah Cochran. This guy is born in 1999. Yes, for anybody listening, he's young. He's 21 years old and he's a dynamo. Harrison, Tennessee to Jeff and Tracy. He ran cross country and ran track all four years in high school. He's a two-time state cross country qualifier, junior and senior year. He received an athletic scholarship to Bryan College, where he ran for just one semester before pursuing ultra marathon running. He graduated high school with a 4.0. He's got the brains and the body. I mean, he's, the guy's got it all. And his one-mile personal record is 4 minutes and 39 seconds. I'm laughing because that's insane. His 5K personal record, which is 3.1 miles, 16 minutes and 53 seconds. Half marathon personal record was an hour and 16 seconds and change. My goal when I ran the half marathon was two hours. So the man whooped me by 44 minutes. No big deal there. Then he's 2019 60 mile Chattanooga mountain stage race. First place overall. He also won first place in a 100 mile ultra marathon in Georgia towards the tail end of 2019. Upcoming race, which we'll get into, is a 24-hour ultramarathon. This guy is unbelievable. Welcome to the show, Noah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. I am beyond excited. We had a little chat for probably 15 minutes before this, and the guy has me pumped up. I want to go run like 50 miles right now, just so you know. <laughs> oh, and the <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to make me do it. <laughs> the final thing is, I got to say this because I thought this was awesome. His mission is to glorify God and pursue excellence in everything that he does. I love that. I mean, the wisdom you have for 21 years old is incredible. So let's, let's jump into this thing. Tell us all how you got into running. How did you get this love for running? Yeah, um, my dad was a big runner uh, all his life. He ran in, in school, uh, ran after he got out of school, just on his own, just enjoyed it. it he was a triathlete, and I, I grew up watching that and being at his races, and it was so cool to watch. And I was, I was always wanting to be out there with him, you know, but I was too young to do it. So as soon as I could, in third grade, I ran cross country for the elementary school, and then ran every year since. Um, so third it was grade. Awesome. It was awesome to compete for me. That was that was just what I love to do. Get out there and see see what I could do. So, how long did it take you before you started beating your father in distance running? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't I don't remember. I think it was somewhere in middle school. Uh, and he, <laughs> I remember he used to look at me because we used to always run together when he was faster than me. And when I started beating him, he was like, "Well, those days are over." <laughs> He's going to stop running with you, right? Yeah, well, we, we still ran together, but he said, uh, 
I would cover about what did he say? Six miles whenever he for every five that he would cover, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Do you ever just go out with him now and run a few miles?" Yeah, every now and then we do. Uh, just a recovery day for me. Uh, we'll we'll get together and run run a couple miles together. I still I still love it. By the way, for everyone listening or watching, a recovery day for Noah is probably like a half marathon. Just so, yeah, we'll set the bar here. So, have you always loved running? Has it been something that you just have enjoyed from day one? Yeah, when people ask when I get started, a lot of times I'll tell them that the legend says that I came out of the womb running. I, uh, <laughs> it, it really was kind of like that. It's just ever since I was born, I've, I've been running. I don't remember anything else. And, you, and, and the passion seems like it's only getting stronger. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. It, 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 gets, it gets stronger every day. Every event that I do, every, every train and run, I just I want it even more. <laughs> I think that's I like so cool. A, I like to say a fire that can't get any hotter keeps getting hotter. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I, I gotta, so given your experience, I mean, you're 21, but you've, you have a ton of experience in the running world. I, I got to ask you, do you have any advice? Because I've done health coaching for many years. I love trying to help people push themselves, which is one of the reasons I want to talk to you selfishly. I know you'll be pushing me like crazy. But do you have any advice for anyone who maybe has never run before and maybe they're in their 20s or 40s or 50s? Any advice on how they could get started? Take one step. I mean, I, I really, you know, if you have to, you have to have the desire to, you have to have a reason to start running. So I would, before you even try to start, I want you, I would want you to sit down and figure out why you want to start. You know, if it's for just, you want to lose weight, you want to uh, help your, help strengthen your heart. You want to do whatever it may be, just figure out that reason and then just take one step. Don't try to run 10 miles on your first run. Take one step. I think that's great. So basically you're saying you need to have a strong why, like a reason why you're pushing. Absolutely. You know what, now I need to ask you, do you have a strong, I mean, obviously you do, but can you share what your why is? Like what's that thing that just drives you to want to be better and better and better? Yeah. I, my reason for running is like why that is my chosen activity is I, I, I've just always loved it. And I've, I believe that running is about the most pure exercise you can do. It's, you don't need any equipment. It is, it is your body relentlessly moving forward. I, I love that. <laughs> I, that's, why, that's why I chose running. And then why I continue to run is because I want to see what I can get out of myself. That's, I, I just want to see where my limits are and then try to still push past them. <laughs> I, I think that's so cool. And I just think – I don't know. I mean, hopefully your running career lasts for 10, 20 plus years, but it just seems to me like that's going to transition into whatever you do. You know, once you have that instilled in your mind and your heart, you're probably going to, no matter what you, well, let me ask you that. We know with running, you want to see how far you can go. Does it apply to other areas of your life? Like I'm trying to think of just wanting to get better, whether it's relationships or school or, or is it running is the sole thing you want to continuously get better at no def definitely not I want to get better at, at every yeah every aspect of my life um 
it's running is such a small part of life in the grand scheme of things. It's just one of my favorite things to do. But as far as wanting to get better, I want to get better at being a better friend to people, a better son to my parents, <laughs> a better uh, just just individual. I want to work on my character every single day because that's what really matters. And if you're not making an impact on people's life through running, then running isn't doesn't really have a huge purpose then it's just kind of you're just kind of running in the wind <laughs> <laughs> so you want to you want to have it be bigger than you not just about you yeah if if running is all about me then well a it won't last and b it's just it's really pointless then <laughs> <laughs> that's i want to remind everyone 21 years old you have wisdom like more than me and i'm 36 so it's just beautiful to see you say some of the ways you say this stuff is awesome. So your humbleness, which I heard is you're very humble and it's very true and you're showing the audience that you are right now. So I appreciate that. When, when the heck did you know I'm good? Like I'm good at this, I'm decent enough at this to compete. Did you know from the beginning or did you have to work your way to the point of I'm one of the best? Uh, I still don't believe that. I. I've, I'm never going to be, I don't, and to be perfectly honest with you, I'll just go ahead and say, I'll never think that I, I will never be satisfied with where I'm at. So, but that's not to say that I just think, Oh, I go home and say, Oh, I'm crap. I'm terrible. It's not that, but it's, I'm never going to get to the point where I look at what I've done and be like, Oh yeah, that's good enough. You know, if that's, if that makes any sense, I don't, Makes a lot of sense. And actually, let's stay here for a second because I have a, was talking to a friend about this the other day. Um, I often say always happy, never satisfied or right. something to the effect of that. It seems like that's similar to what you're talking about. Do you, do you allow yourself during some of the victories to celebrate or are you so gung-ho that you don't even celebrate you're out running the second after you win? Yeah, I – I I am one of the people who's out running the second after you win. Like I, I think th this is kind of foreign to a lot of people, but when I won uh, the race in the Georgia Jewel Hundred, I was more fired up to get better after winning than I was at races that I've performed poorly at. I I don't even know why, but I was just so ready for more, so hungry for more. That See that that fascinates me because I mean I'm the type of person where if I'm at the top or I win, it's like, okay, maybe I need to change what I'm going after. Like I admire your mindset so much because you just, you're never peaking. Like there's always, when you get to the top of one mountain, there's always another mountain. Yeah. I just think becoming satisfied with, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up to not keep moving forward, to not keep progressing. You know, you just have to, you cannot get complacent. I love that. Okay, so you, you mentioned the 100-miler, which you've won two events so far. Is that correct? I mean, two ultra marathons. Is that correct? Oh, man, I don't even remember everything. Uh, <laughs> how, many uh, ultra, how many ultras have you run? Have you run a lot? Uh, several. I, I honestly don't even know. I, <laughs> I've, I keep them all on my website on the results page, so you can find them there. Uh, but I don't even remember. I'd have to look at it to even remember all the ones I've done. But You know what? Just mention now is perfect time. What's the website if people want to go on there and, and check you out and read about you a little bit? Uh, the link is in my bio on Instagram. It's called uh, Trails and Trials. 
Um, so go to your Instagram. Yeah, that's the Noah, easiest way to find it. Okay, Noah Cochran, and then click on the link from there. Yep. Okay, so what do you think – I think I know where this is going to go, and I want to get into the the victories you've had. What's been your biggest accomplishment, according to Noah, according to you? Oh man, uh, that's a tough question. I, I would, I definitely think, just because of how I told, how I talked about wanting to win and set the course record at the Georgia Jewel for so long before that race and then trained so hard for so long and then it happened. That, that's got to be my favorite, uh, favorite race that I've done just because of how it came together. It was, it was crazy, man. I, patience is one of the hardest things for me, and I, I, I honestly wasn't that patient along the way because I, I was kind of like a – like a kid on a road trip with their parents. Like, are we there yet? I was like, is it, is it race time yet? Is it race time? Yet? But finally, when it came together, that day was just magical, man. So I got to ask, so tell us about the day. So this is in Georgia. It's a hundred mile event and it's just who can finish the quickest at a hundred miles. Is that how it goes? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, we all started together in Dalton, Georgia, and uh, it was like an out and back course on a, on some really technical, um, lot of, lot of climbing, um, rocky terrain. And, um, I just took it out from the gun. That's what I told my dad is I wanted to separate myself and, uh, make sure no one ever saw me again. So, <laughs> and did you, yeah, <laughs> it worked out that way. <laughs> so what's the, what was the time you finished a hundred miles in? The official time at the end was 1959. <laughs> 1959. And for viewers and listeners, for those of you that know me, I ran 100 miles, what was it, a few months ago now, and it took me 28 hours, give or take. So this man did it in under 20 hours, 19 hours, just unbelievable. What's the – so you get, to the, you get to Georgia, you're getting ready, the gun's about to go off. What is in your mind – leading up to the gun going off and the second it's getting ready to go off. What's going on in Noah's head? I want to preface this by saying that not every race is this way, what I'm about to tell you, okay? <laughs> not, not every – this one was – I'm not this much of a stoic, I guess you'd say. <laughs> but honestly, before that race and all 20 hours, my mind was blank, man. Really? I, I, I really did not think about a whole lot during that day. I'm not – I, wow. I don't think you, I can't, I, I've tried to make myself do that before, but I can't, you can't force it. It just happened. And that day I like to tell people I just ran. Wow. I didn't so, think I just ran. Well, I mean, as you're saying that I'm, th I mean, I'm thinking so many things. I'm, the first thing I'm thinking is, was it due to your preparation? Do you think you were so ready that you didn't have to think? I think so. I think so. That was one of the goals of, of training leading up to the race was to be so ready that even on a bad day, I could still win. Uh, I mean, that is, and what's the, what's the nutrition like for, we didn't talk about this before we're recording here, but if you have any insights on, I mean, what you did and then maybe even an idea or two for somebody that's running a, you know, 5k, 10k half marathon, give us, give us a little insight if you would. Uh, do you mean race day nutrition or just, in general diet well 
maybe a little bit of both. Do you have like maybe one idea for each of those two? Okay, yeah, I I eat real food. That's that's what I eat every day, and that's what I try to eat during race day. Uh, so not a lot of fake gels is I just I'm not a fan of it. It's not that they don't work; they can work for people, but they're not good for you i don't think so so i ate so much fruit that day during that race it was unbelievable and what, you, what fruits give us an idea of what it was i'm curious we had oranges banana uh strawberries watermelon i oh. drank i i don't buy any uh drink mix like people i just i get a big jug of apple juice and pour salt in it that's what i drink during a race that and water oh and pour salt in it so you can replenish the electrolytes right uh, okay, so all real foods, the whole way, training, during the event, everything. Absolutely, yep. So I'm just picturing you coming around, like, plowing down, like, four bananas. Like, are you eating, like, ten bananas throughout the course of this race? Yeah, man, I, we didn't keep track, but I, I had to eat, have, eaten, have eaten uh at least a dozen bananas. <laughs> That's good. Hey, it and works. Other stuff, yeah, and all kinds, of, you know, I was peanut butter and, yeah, tons of stuff, man. I mean, that's, you're inspiring me because sometimes when I do long runs, I'll use a, you know, a goo packet or oh, jelly yeah. beans. Oh, yeah, they work, man. Like, and, and, and I kept telling my dad, you know, if things get really bad, like, give me a honey bun and a Coke or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, if we're getting that desperate, like, I don't care anymore, but. You need something. Yeah. So, I mean, so you're, you're what was the, what was the loop? So, a lot of these 100 milers, like, some are, one mile loop, summer five. Like, what was the setup for this one in Georgia? Yeah, well, where we started, you went 35 miles kind of straight out. <laughs> and then, and then um, there, was, there was a middle section called Dry Creek, and we did like a figure eight twice. So there was some loops, and then it was the 35 miles back, and then that made 100. So how do you – does your dad drive with you and, and kind of follow you to give you nutrition, or how does that work? Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's my crew, man, the best in the business. And he, uh, <laughs> and he, he was just having to drive to the aid stations. Yeah. That, that, okay. that crew access at. And so what's, so now we know your mindset during, you know, before the gun went off, you're stoic. You're not really thinking of a whole lot. Can you give us an idea, whether it's in a training run or maybe even during the, the victory at the 60 miler event, has there ever been a time where, I mean, clearly there has to be discomfort, <laughs> you know, you're running that long. What's the mindset when you feel like, oh, okay, the thighs are starting to feel it? Because I think you could offer some insights for people that are running a, a 10K or half marathon. You start to feel that initial discomfort. What's the mindset to just push through that and just think, I got this? Yeah, part of that when, when that comes is – I, this is going to sound insane, but I enjoy that part of it. <laughs> I love it. There, there's a part of me that's that's want that wants to do ultras. I think because you're guaranteed to feel something. Like I like to feel something, man. I don't, you know, like running short and slow. You don't feel enough. I like to get deep in it and just have to dig my way out. I just love that, man. <laughs> um, but but also. One thing that, you know, so many people, they, they need like a mantra, you know, just to start telling themselves, 
you know, I can do this. I know I can do this. And I think that is so powerful. But for me, honestly, I don't even like if I started doing that, it would like how my head works. It would be me giving in and admitting that I was hurting. And I don't like that doesn't I don't do that. I don't basically if stuff something starts happening or something starts breaking down, my response is no, it's not. Oh, I love that. Okay, so you're going to keep pushing. Yeah, it's, you know, if somebody asks, you know, you're kind of limping, is something wrong? Nope. <laughs> no. That's no. great. I mean, so it's almost like you're willing your mind to say, we're fine. Like, let's keep going. Yeah, like if, if a thought is coming into my head about, you know, oh, maybe you need to do this or, or this, is, this is damaging it, no. See, this is, I think this is really powerful because you said before we – recorded this we had a nice discussion about somebody asked you you know something about suffering like like you you do well suffering tell everyone how you responded to that I think this is really interesting well I you know a lot of people they they shy away from suffering and and I think it is critical to grow in life to seek out suffering but having said that Running is not that for me. Running is enjoyable. I truly have fun running in what most people consider suffering through running. So for a lot of people, running is a great avenue to seek that suffering. But for me, I'd have to do it in other ways. You know, uh, part, like I've told you, uh, you know, going to school and going to work is more suffering than running for me. So, so, so I'll, I'll get it that way. I'll get it, you know, sometimes just saying – something nice to somebody when I'm in a bad mood can almost be like, it's not, that's not suffering, but it's hard. It's, you know, I'm like, I don't want to say this to somebody. So I'll try to go out of my way to say something nice to somebody that's, you know, do things that you don't want to do. In other words. I love that. And it sounds like you do that consistently. Like if you don't want to do something, it's almost like you're training your brain to say, we're doing it. Yeah, I really try to every day do something that I, <laughs> I don't want to do. That's, but that's great. I think that's such a powerful tool, like getting into your discomfort zone. That's a, I mean, that's a great – I find that so fascinating that as hard as you run and as far as you run, it's just your passion and your love, so it's not suffering. You're actually enjoying that. Right. And it's probably no wonder why you're such a damn good runner and we will just keep running and running and running. Uh, okay, so one of the things I talk about on the podcast sometimes is – always having a compelling vision of the future and having a goal out there. What's, what's next for Noah? What do you have a, what's next plan? Do you know what you're going after? Yeah. In the immediate future, I want to qualify for the USATF national 24 hour team. I, I, I believe I can do it. And that's what inspires me right now. That's what gets me motivated to run like, every day you know that's that that's just what's on the the immediate future and then down the road I want to beyond that I want to win as many hundred milers as I can win as many 24 hours as I can just just as far as the running side that's the that's the goals um, so how do you get how do you get on the team can you, can you share with that yeah, they take uh, six men and six women with the most distance covered in the window. And the window is these this past year and a half or so. 
Um, so I would need to I would need to run somewhere in the ballpark of 160 miles in 24 hours. Oh, okay. So you need to you need to get that far in order to qualify for this team. It would be somewhere in that range. Yes. Yep. I think it's so interesting. We talked about this belief in yourself, and we, I think I, we all know how humble you are. And I think some of us think when you believe in yourself so much, the ego slips in. But talk a little bit about. I don't believe that with you at all. I think it's just straight belief in yourself that you're going to do this. Just can you talk about the difference between believing in yourself and being overconfident? Yeah, I think that's that's a fine line. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I think one of my faults in life has been crossing over that line before and, and it becoming kind of an arrogant thing. But I think part of it is when it's involved, when other people are involved. You know, if, if you just have a belief in yourself, that's a requirement for success. But when Wait, it starts – can I just stop you? Can you just say that again the exact same way? That needs to be said again. Just say that same way again. So good. Having a full belief in yourself is a requirement for success. So good. So Go if you don't have that, you won't succeed. But I think when other people are involved and you're starting to say, yeah, I know I'm going to, I'm going to crush them. I'm going to, you know, it's all about wanting to just beat other people. And this, you know, I, that's, that's when it can become kind of an arrogant thing when you're comparing yourself to other people. I'm just trying to, to improve myself. You know, what other people succeeding, that's great. I hope other people succeed. I don't want other people to fail. I don't need other people to fail for me to be successful. So I just, I think that's what it is when it's just about you getting better and having a belief that you can and you will do it. I think, uh, that's I think, well, so good what you just said. I'm just, I, I've, I've been, I've heard that there's two ways that you can succeed. You can either build the tallest building or blow up everybody else's building. And it's just obvious you're trying to build the tallest building and you're not, I think in this, this time of social media, it, it makes it even easier to compare your life to somebody else's you're seeing on social media, but clearly you're focused on becoming the best you. And that's, that is a powerful idea. Yeah, and using that analogy, I'd like to build my building taller and help other people to build build theirs taller too. You know, I don't I, I don't buy into the fact that there's a finite amount of success out there and somebody else's success takes away from mine. I don't believe that. Do, do you have anybody and this is we're going to lead into one of the recent events that you did, but do you have anybody in the running community that you you talk with and maybe they're your biggest competitor but you also get ideas and talk to him or or her about distance running yeah uh, well there's a lot of people man I've got the, the running community around Chattanooga where I live is so great and and so many awesome people and so many talented people uh, but yeah I think uh, I think I know what you're getting at too is that <laughs> my a recent uh, friend of mine become friends recently is Chad Wright and yeah, man, we talk all the time about, about ultra running and about uh, my goals, about his goals, about what we want to do separately, what we want to do together and, and how to get there. And it's, it's awesome, man. And I think, I think the relationship that I've built with Chad and, and continuing to build is just so beneficial for me. And I hope it's beneficial for him too. So. I, that's a perfect lead. And that is where I was, what I was thinking you were going to go to. I just so everybody knows I met Noah through Chad Wright. He's a guy I follow on Instagram. 
um, Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL, just badass guy, ultra marathon runner. And I saw recently that he went up against this unbelievably strong ultra runner named Noah. And I'm like, I got to talk to this guy. He needs to share his story because it's incredible. So let's talk. Uh, by the time this airs, it'll maybe be a couple months ago when that event was. Tell everybody about the event you recently did with Chad and just how the whole thing was set up because I think this is amazing. Yeah, it was it was called the Mid-State Mile, and the course is a mile loop or 1.1-mile loop that they call the Murder Mile. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, a lot of – I don't even like talking about it because it's hard to describe the course if you didn't see it. But, you know, there's 340 feet of elevation gain in one mile. So, oh, my God. So it's – I mean, it, yeah. You know, if you if you've ever experienced what 340 feet is, it's in a mile. It's 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 hard. I mean, <laughs> there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's it's that is not an easy mile. Um, but it was a last man standing format where you had 20 minutes to complete that loop, and then so 20 minutes, you know, on the dot. Every 20 minutes, you're starting another loop, and. And that goes on until uh, one runner one runner is left. And I went into that race, you know, it wasn't like an A race. And I had thought about not doing it, you know, because I was planning on doing another race, but it got canceled and, and all this stuff. But just like every other thing I've ever done, when when it got time to start, I looked at my dad and was like, it's time to go win. You know, I, I didn't feel like I was ready. I didn't feel like this and that. But when it's time to go, I'm I'm locked in and ready to win. But yeah, it, you know how it panned out. It wasn't it wasn't my day. I went until I couldn't go anymore. Uh, it was about 20 hours in, and I I didn't make it back. I missed it by six seconds. Um, oh and, man! Yeah, and I was in fifth at the time. So then there were four left and then that slowly dwindled down to three and then two. And then finally one runner was left and you know who it was, the pale horse, Chad, Wright. <laughs> Is that what they call him? The pale horse. Yeah. That's he kept, you know, he was doing a little trash talking out there with me and uh, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> he kept telling me that uh, the pale horse was coming for me and, and he was bringing death with him. So <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If any, if you want to also see another inspiring guy, Chad Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, check him out because that guy, you two are a dynamo one-two combo tandem. So you, but help us understand, you beat Chad in an event a few, or last year, right? 2019? Yeah, the 2019 Georgia Jewel was where I met him. And uh, I, I, he came in second at that race and, uh, I, right after that, I, I waited for him uh, to come in, and we talked for a couple hours. And it was after that we've been we've been friends and just continued to build a relationship. And he's an unbelievable guy and an unbelievable runner. So I, I really just am blown away how cool that is. That arguably your toughest competition has become a close friend of yours. I think that's awesome. That just because you're competing with somebody doesn't mean you have to hate the person, right? Right. Well, it goes back to. It goes back to, you know, him being successful doesn't take away from me being successful and vice versa. You know, we're, we're building each other up now. And, and I think, you know, I hope that because we're building a relationship that we'll both be more successful because of each other. So 
I have a feeling you both will be. And um, so, oh, what was I going to ask you about this this murder mile? So, oh, this I was going to ask you. So, you're coming into this murder mile event, and I mean, I know you train out of your mind, no matter what time of year it is. But you said you maybe weren't completely ready for that one. H- how do you? I think this can help so many people that maybe they're going into a meeting and they're, you know, they're prepared, but maybe not you know, overly prepared. How did you still had this strong mindset of I'm going to win? Is that still what you were thinking, even though you thought maybe you'd underprepared? Yeah, well, honestly, it wasn't as much underprepared as I made the mistake of, you know, with everything so up in the air and canceling and I had a schedule made out and then it got completely wrecked and I had to create a new one on the fly. So, I, you know, I would have trained more specifically for that race. I would have tapered down more for that race. It just – it didn't work out exactly how, how I would have planned for it if that is what I'd been going for from the get-go. But that's not an excuse, man. When I, if I decide to toe the line, then – None of that's in my head. That's all out the window. It's me on this day. What do I have to give? S- period. <laughs> I, I, I love that. That is, that's powerful. And I think there's so much in there. It's powerful that we all got punched in the face with coronavirus, right? And I think you're showing you made a new plan. You didn't lay around and say, well, you know, woe is me. I can't, I'm just going to wait until it's over. Right. You, you're out there attacking. And I think that's, inspiring and I hope a lot of people get something from that um so along the lines of the, so this murder mile are you going in with are, I want to go until I can't go anymore does any part of you think oh I wonder look around like I gotta beat that guy or I gotta beat this guy or is it just Noah against Noah and that's it end of story yeah it's you know the last man standing format is, is the perfect format to just focus on beating yourself kind of deal. Just what can you get out of yourself? But honestly, I do that with every race, with a hundred miler, with a definitive finish. It's about beating me. It's about, you know, I, I kind of run with a ghost out there <laughs> and, it, and it's me and I'm always losing to myself. Like he, that ghost is always ahead of me and I have to try to catch him. So where I'm at, you know, that, that's who I'm racing. And, and the last man standing format is even easier to do that because it's literally just go until you can't go anymore. I just think that never satisfied mindset is I'm getting so much out of this. And you have me thinking you're too young to know this, but in Mario Kart, the video game, you used to do this one lap and then you'd race against your ghost from the previous lap and try yeah. to beat him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. That, that's exactly that, – that's a perfect – yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help but think about that. You got my mind going all kind of crazy directions. Uh, okay, so you're clearly you're running. Like it, it seems to me like you're always a couple weeks out physically from a race. I mean, so can you give people tell us a little bit about day to day Noah? Like how many days a week do you run? How many miles a week do you run? What's it look like? Snapshot of your average week, so to speak. Yeah, well, if the day ends in Y, Noah Cochran is running. <laughs> yes. That, that's 100%. But, uh, but, man, an average week, good grief, there really isn't an average week. I, I do so many different events and so many different types of events. You know, a, a 24-hour event on a track, super flat, is so different than a 100-miler with 20,000 feet of elevation gain that – you know, I just don't have an average week and I like to do it all. So 
basically my training is dictated by what's next because I believe in there's really two principles that you need to train well and that's specificity and consistency you need to train consistent and you need to train specifically for what you're doing you know don't you don't need to be doing a lot of 40 yard dashes and uh, 200 meter repeats uh if you're trying to run for 24 hours like you need a little bit of that just for you know keep the speed but that's not specific to what you're trying to do so you know an average week before the georgia jewel i'll just say was was anywhere from 120 to 140 miles a week with uh with as much elevation gain as i could get without uh you know totally falling apart yeah well that I mean but you're hitting is such good points because you're basically just talking about being overly prepared. I mean, you are clearly prepared and maybe that is the reason why you were in this stoic mode where it's almost like you already ran the race in your head. Oh, Oh, that's i uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I believe in that a hundred percent. I did run the race in my head a million times. I, I knew exactly what I was going to be doing at mile 10 mile 70. I knew how I was going to feel at mile 80 and you know, obviously I didn't, I don't, I don't have visions of the future. I wasn't exactly right, but I, I ran it over in my head so many times that on that day, it kind of just, it happened the way I thought it was going to happen. Now, when you say, and I love that visualizing the success before it even happens, are you talking about as you're running, you're visualizing, or are we talking about like before you fall asleep, you're running it through when you wake up in the morning, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, I now that that's something I wouldn't recommend because I think sometimes I can think about it too much. You you ha, you can't literally do that twenty four seven or it'll drive you crazy. But I think <laughs> I think I am a little crazy. So uh, I think we would all agree with that. So <laughs> what? But yeah, it's it's all the time. It's when I'm training. It's when I'm eating dinner with my parents. Sometimes I'll zone out and they have to be like, "What are you thinking about?" No, and I'm like, "Sorry, I was." <laughs> thinking about a race but yeah it's it's all the time and sometimes different things hit me and different things will inspire you and and remind you of the goal and and the task at hand and I think about it a lot I think that's great I mean it's it's just what you love and you everybody can tell you love this I mean you are all in and give us so we know what's in the immediate future you're going to get on the you're going to get on the team one of six men you're going to run this 24-hour event next couple months. What's the – do you have this, like, massive dream in your head? I mean, these are already big dreams, but do you have some bigger overarching dream for Noah Cochran on – let's say this, how you want to be remembered? Well, you know, if you ask how do I want to be remembered – as far as my name being remembered whenever I pass on is, is really not important to me. I want, I want to leave an impact on people and I want that. I hope what I've done while I'm here is felt for years and years after I'm gone. But if my name is remembered, I don't really care. That's secondary. I want to leave an impact. If they remember who it was or not, and they remember Noah Cochran. That's, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not, that's not super important to me. That's, it's more important that I made a difference in people's lives and it's continued to be felt rather than, oh, Noah Cochran helped me with this. 
I like that. No, I think I get it. So, I mean, let's just say somebody hears this conversation and they get inspired to start running and maybe they don't remember your name six months from now, but you got them started and you got them off the couch and you got them taking exactly right. step one. That's exactly right. That, that means that I help make a difference in their life, but they don't have to, you know, attaching my name with that isn't, isn't important. They don't, they don't need to remember my name. Hopefully they just remember something that can help them. I love that. Even though I want them to remember your name so they can go look you up on Instagram and figure out who you really are. Cause I think that's great. Uh, what's the, what's the most important lesson you've learned thus far in your young career? I think, I think it's really, it's a simple lesson, but it's one that is unbelievably true and can help anybody. And it's, you get out what you put in and it's not always in the timetable that you thought it would be in, but it truly is that simple. I, I don't believe that you can go wrong with that. If you put in the work and you put in the time and you care enough to, tr to give everything you have, you will succeed. And, and I can't tell you what that success will look like or if it'll be exactly what you thought it was going to be, but it will, you will be successful. I love it. I, and you got me thinking clearly running is your passion. It's what you love. It's what you're all in for. I, I'm just thinking about a discussion I had recently and how do you feel about somebody that wants to be balanced in their life? Like I want to learn about running and then lifting and finances and this and that versus I want one thing, I want to run, and I want to be faster than anybody else. I mean, do you know what I mean? Do you feel like you can have a balance, or if you want to be the best, do you need to be all freaking in, I'm running, period? Yeah, I, th that's, that's a hard question because, you know, if, if your goal is to be the best at one thing, kind of like mine is, sometimes other aspects of life that are also very important can – can be ignored or can be, you, you know, but here's the deal. You obviously can't do everything, but you can pour 100% of yourself into running and also 100% of yourself into being a better man. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's, it's has to be broken down into 50% into this and 50 into that or, or 25 and 25 and 25. I, I think you can pour a hundred your hundred percent of yourself in to what you love like running and also to being a better man and helping other people. And as far as doing several different activities, like you said, you know, if somebody wanted to pursue music and art and exercise and health, and I think you can do all those too. Um, but the balance is different and the time commitment is different. You know, I spend so much time running because that's what I love. Um, but if I was also trying to be a better artist, well, I don't spend zero. I spend zero minutes a day drawing. So I'm not going to be a better artist. So you, you do have, you know, there is a finite amount of time that you have to delineate the different things. But that's just, that depends on what you're passionate about. So. It seems like you're doing a great job of, and I'm sure you have mistakes like I have millions of mistakes. Absolutely. You're doing a great job of allocating your time into what you truly love and what you care about. I guess prioritizing is what you're doing. And it's, it's awesome to see how you're doing that. So kudos to you. And I hope you keep prioritizing the way that 
Noah Cochran wants to prioritize. Uh, okay, so we know your goal is, I think you already said this, but you want to be the best 24-hour ultra runner on the face of the planet. Is that right? Yeah, man. I want to be the best that I can be. And I want to be, yeah, the best in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't, I believe in, if your goals don't seem crazy to other people, then you're not shooting high enough. Mm. So I hope people think I'm nuts. I hope people think I can't do it because that doesn't affect a belief I have in myself. You know, if everybody on the face of this earth didn't think I could do it, I still would. Oh, that's so good. Do you, do you have anybody that says, I mean, I, I think you're crazy, but in the best sort of way, like it's inspiring to hear you. Do you have anybody that says to you, no, like, why are you doing that to yourself? Like, what's, what's the point? Like, do you have anybody like that? Yeah, and, and I think definitely at first people, you know, just of all, you know, friends, family were kind of were wondering why I wanted to do this. And you know how, like, sometimes the, the motherly figures in your life, like your mother or grandmother or whoever is like, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> don't, don't do this. But I think living with me this long, my friends and family understand that, this is what I'm going to do and nothing that they say will be able to get me off of this dream that I have. So luckily, man, I've been unbelievably supported by, by everybody in my life. I think that's awesome. First off, and so many are supporting you, but I think it's awesome too, that I think sometimes you get some negative Nellies in your ear and start to believe them and start to think, Oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but you, you flip it around completely opposite. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to use these few negative people to actually just like light the fire even bigger than it is, if that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people want to know what my plan is. If this doesn't work out, you know, what if you fail? What if, you know, failure is real, man. Like I've had a goal at a race to run this certain time and I didn't do it, you know? So what is that? That's a failure, but Failure is so negative in our society, and I do not get it. You know, a lot of people are afraid to even say they failed. You know, they oh, I had a goal to run this certain time, and I didn't do it, but I didn't fail. You know, well, no, you did. You failed. I mean, you set a goal, and you didn't reach it. But it's not a negative thing. It's something that can help you do it in the future. It's a step in the right direction. Failure is positive, man. That's how you grow. Oh, that's so – I'm writing it down. Failure is positive. Have you always thought that or did you, did you ever had a race where it's like you sucked and you beat yourself up for it for weeks or have you always been able to just use that as positivity? Yeah, man. When I was in high school, I, you know, there were so many times I had tons of bad races in high school on the track and in cross country. And, and I mean, I'm ashamed to look back at how I responded to it sometimes. I mean, it's, it's, you know, but, but, that, but once again, that's why I have the mindset that I have now because I learned from it. But yeah, I, I look back and, and sometimes I would just sit in my room and be like, well, I'm terrible. You know, why, why am I doing this? I'm, but you know, right. A, a couple of days later I would snap back and be like, you know, what are you doing? Quit throwing a pity party for yourself. You're trying to get better doing this does none of that. So, <laughs> so is it fair to say that, Due to, I mean, in your own mind, some failures in the past, it's just made you 10x stronger than you are? Absolutely. And I think, and I think everybody 
should use failure to grow stronger because that's what it is. Failure is an opportunity to grow. That's all it is. And you will fail in life. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, we're not perfect. Uh, but that shouldn't, you shouldn't shy away from failure. You should almost not, I don't want to say you should seek it out because it would be great to, you know, just hit every goal you ever accomplished. But the way human nature is and how finite and imperfect we are, if you're shooting high enough, you will fail. I love that. Aim high. I, I think that's so, so, so cool. Plus, I don't, of all the people I've talked to, either on the podcast or in person, I don't think I've heard anybody yet say, like, when you fail, you're clearly inspired because you know you can get better. But even when you succeed, you're not fully satisfied because you know you can get better. I think that's a huge takeaway. You've, you've hit so many good points. But failure is positive. That's going to stay in my mind. I love that. Okay, last one, then we'll get into the power five and we'll wrap this thing up. I hear this often. I've said this to myself, whether it's healthy living or running far, whatever. I don't have time. That's a common excuse that you may hear. I hear. I've said it myself. Do you have a way to overcome that or even overcome any excuses? Yeah, um, excuses are easy to be made in a world like the one we live in. It's, man, we're so busy. We're so over, overworked in certain ways and so overstretched in certain ways that it's so easy to make excuses. But when you, you know, when you say you don't have time, what that really means is you don't want to do it bad enough. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really that simple. It's, I don't really want to do this. It means I want to do this, but I don't want to do what it takes to do this kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's such an easy thing to say because it's true. You don't really have time. You know, if, if you're trying to pick up the kids from after work, you know, going to work, trying to sleep enough a night, you know, you don't really have enough time, but if you want something bad enough, you can make time. That's, that's just always been the way about it. You know, sometimes I don't run at the same time every day because I have my schedule's always changing. You know, it's, I have to be here this morning. I have to be here in the afternoon, but I, I plan ahead. I look at my week ahead, knowing where I'm going to have to be at this time. And then that way I schedule my runs around that. So I don't get, to Thursday and go, Oh, I didn't know I had a meeting at this time. I'm going to miss my run today. No, I already knew that. And I ran before. So that's awesome. So is it, do you have a night? Is it Sunday night where you go, okay, let me look at the week. Is that how you do it? Yep. Yep. It's the weekend. Yep. Yeah. I look every weekend. I reassess the week ahead and then go from there. I think that is an awesome takeaway. So it's, it's like living on purpose. Like, you know what you want and you're planning it ahead of time. Kudos to you. There's so many nuggets in here. I got to replay this thing back like eight times and listen to all this. Okay. So we're going to finish it off with a rapid fire, five questions and answer them. Whatever comes to your mind, whatever you're feeling, how do you, and this is a broad question. So answer it however you want. How do you define success? Noah. Success is, it can be very complicated to define or it can be pretty simple success, I guess I would say for me, but I think this is applies to everybody is, did you give everything you had? Period. That's all you need to say. If you did that, then you were successful in, in growing and learning and 
and getting better? Did you truly get the most out of yourself? Did you truly give 100%? I love it. What, what are you most thankful for in any area of your life? Oh man, most thankful for, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for everything. Like, like we talked about earlier, I'm thankful for the failures I've had. I'm thankful for the adversity that I've had. I'm thankful for the good times in my life, man. It's so much enjoyment. I'm, but I'm thankful for it all uh, because I, I've learned from the hard times and I get to enjoy and also learn from the, from the good times. I'm thankful for everything, man. You are. I mean, that's just, it's so awesome. It's so cool to hear. Okay. I'm throwing you a curveball here, but we'll see how you answer this. Do you have a go-to dance move? Do you have a best dance move? Oh my goodness, man. I'm, I'm wider than Wonder Bread. I, uh, I, 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 I cannot dance. <laughs> are you yeah. Really? No, man. I, oh, good grief. No, I'm about as, no. <laughs> So you're gonna stick to you're gonna stick to running, and we'll stop there. I think if I had to dance, man, I'd just maybe take one foot forward, one foot back, and a little snap, and that's that's my dance, man. <laughs> maybe we'll get. I got a visual of that in my head, and it's pretty entertaining. So I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> All right, we got two more, and then we'll we'll let you go. What's the biggest setback? And we talked a little bit about setbacks and failures. Do you have a specific example of a setback you remember that you then overcame and how that felt? Yeah, you know, I don't I'll, – I'll make this quick, and I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail anyway, but um, when I was going into my senior year of high school, it was one of the darkest times of my life. Wow. And I had uh, – I had severe obsessive-compulsive issues – and it, it, it literally took over my head, took over my life. It, it was almost like doing anything was debilitating. Wow. And it, it I, I don't, yeah, I don't have fond memories of that summer, but, but what ended up happening was I, I learned to overcome that struggle and I became so much stronger from it because I realized if I can overcome this, I can literally do anything. Like it, I, you know, maybe it was small to some people. So, so many people have so many struggles and, and issues and face adversity in their life that is so much worse than what I dealt with. But for me in that moment, it felt like it was awful, you know? So then once I overcame that, I felt indestructible. <laughs> I felt like nothing, you can't hurt me. So uh, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say. And hopefully that just helps, helps people with whatever they're going through. Well, and I think you made a great point. I mean, maybe it, it doesn't – I mean, it seems like a lot to me, but like you said, maybe it didn't seem a lot to you or looking back, but it was everything to you at the time, right? I mean, that was a – and you made it through. I, I think as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, nobody has any idea what anybody's going through, right? So I'm thinking about, like, not judging, and I think you just made a great point that we don't know – I probably, if I knew you senior year high school, I probably wouldn't have known what you were going through. Yeah, yeah, probably not, you know, and, and part of that was because I didn't talk about it. And, and you know, maybe, maybe you should, like, maybe you should talk about it with more people to help get you through it and not, and not suffer as long as I did with just stuck in my own head, you know. But, but that's lessons learned, man. And, and like I said, you know, you overcome it and, and you, can, you can respond to adversity either by 
cowering in fear to it or conquering it. And, you know, I feel like that's what I did. And I've, I'm, I'm where I'm at today because of that. I love it. I, I appreciate you opening it up too. I think that's a, a great piece there. Okay. Last one. Who, and you can have more than one if you want, but who is your hero? Do you have one? Man, I love that question. Uh, unequivocally, my, the hero on this earth for me is my dad, man. Like I mentioned him earlier. He's, he's the best crew guy in the business, <laughs> but, but man, he's, he's truly my best friend. He's, he's who I like to do everything with. He's who I go to when I'm struggling. He's who I talk to, to laugh with. He's who I'm talking to, to, to cry to if something crazy is happening. Uh, you know, he's, I can't, I can't tell him enough how thankful I am for him and what all he's done for me. And it's, it's unbelievable. If you've ever met my dad, he's, you know, he's way more impressive than I am. So. <laughs> That's just because you're humble. I think, I don't know. Maybe, uh, man, if I can be half the man he is, I'll be doing good. Maybe next time I interview you, maybe next year, we'll get both of you on. We'll have a little tandem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That could be very entertaining. I think that would be fun. It'd be great. Well, I'm thankful for you, and I appreciate your time. Uh, I hope I didn't take you away from a run. You're probably getting ready to, like, zip out there right now. I've already got it in this morning, man. I'm, uh, I like it. It <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Uh, Okay, we alluded to it earlier, but what's the best way if people want more Noah and want to hear more about you, give them the best way? Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got a website. It's called Trails and Trials, but the best way to find that and find anything of me is on Instagram, uh, Noah underscore Cochran one. Noah underscore Cochran one, and that's C-O-C-H-R-A-N. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate you. I, I seriously think this conversation couldn't have gone any better. I appreciate your time, and I'm looking forward to your next massive success, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I'm honored that you had me on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Living the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't, I am watching you. (laughs) Check me out on social media and message me if you need me as your keynote speaker at Matt Scaletti on social media. I respond to all messages. Thanks and I love you so much.